All right, there we go. Hello, everyone. Okay, so the topic of this podcast today is going to be... Uh, it is... Free stuff. Free stuff. Free stuff. What should be free and why isn't it free? Uh, or at least at least highly, like, like affordable. Extremely yeah. affordable. I think, you know, when talking about free stuff that the government can provide... The main thing that people uh, think about is healthcare. Yeah. Uh, mainly because we're comparing ourselves to a lot of European countries where. Well, Scandinavian countries. Yeah, Scandinavian. You know, yeah, I don't think a lot of the Europeans are. We have to we have to the historical context of those countries, which is imperialism. Yeah. Like for those things, um, but uh, you know, st- staying away from the Scandinavian model, they got free healthcare. <laughs> they do, yeah. Which I think you know. I think you know, good for them. Whatever. Cool. Uh, but at the same time, you can't really look just straight at Scandinavia and be like, oh, we got to do that. Because their taxing system is very different from uh, the U.S.'s. Like, their taxes are, I want to say, like, in Scandinavia, like, 20% higher in most things. And they also, it's not like, you know how I go to the store and I get a product and mm-hmm. I, I'm taxed on that product. Their taxing is weird, but they're, you're taxed on, like, every step of the production with it, too. Like, so it goes to every individual aspect of, of the yeah. workers, of the different ways that it's produced. However, you, there's also, like, okay, like, you look at the U.S. taxing system. We don't get taxed on a lot. Yeah. But then you go, you look at you look at pre-K, look at health care, look at health insurance, car insurance, you, all the fucking insurances. Um, you look at all of the things that we pay for that, that Europeans would call out-of-pocket, that that instead is paid by their taxes. So when you actually look at it, like when you break it down as the way that we spend our money doing the things that, that we say we have the freedom of choice to do, we have the freedom of choice to, to spend it on this product yeah. or spend it on, on our necessities and we can choose which the company meets our necessities or whatever. We have the freedom of choice when only certain of, of them are actually even affordable enough. So you really don't have a ton of choice, but yeah. you know, the, the, the illusion of choice. And, and then you get, you get, yeah, you have these choices that you hypothetically are allowed to make or not make, but you kind of need to make them. And then and then once you you have made them, what essentially ends up happening is that you would pay less in you'd pay less overall if these things were instead nationalized and subsidized. Not subsidized, um affordable like made affordable by the government. Subsidized. By your taxes. Subsidized, but like that would make it that would make it a company. I guess so. Yeah, yeah I'm talking about nationalizing. Right? Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, if you made it part of the government instead of making it, because right now, like, like we subsidize like Amazon. Right now, yeah. our taxpayer money goes to Amazon producing a new product mm-hmm. that they then might they might release to the public or they might not. Um, but we give our money to them because yeah. we we need them for our GDP and our economy, so we can say that we're better than China. But <laughs> moving away from that, um. Our tax system actually taxes every individual citizen more than it does in Scandinavian countries because of the things that we we say aren't taxed, but because the things that aren't taxed then aren't regulated, yeah, they end up being more. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Scandinavian model is actually not that bad for the individual, and talking about their high taxes is kind of a mute point, but in some aspects, it's 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 important to think about. Uh, you mentioned China. I kind of want to deviate away from that for a sec. <laughs> uh, do you, I heard this thing. Someone said that, you know, do you think China is communist? No. Communist? No. 
Because, I mean, they claim, they claim it's the, you know, People's, People's Party of uh, China, the, you know, CCP, or I think there's, like, another C- no, no, CCCP. No, that's the Russian one. That's the Russian one. Yeah. Um, important distinction. So, the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, is what the American propaganda system is called. Is called the, the, the main party in China. Mm-hmm. The real party of China is, is the PCP. The People's... China, well, no, I mean, it's... Is it CPC? Oh, it's CPC. Wait, what did I say? You said PCP. I meant CPC. CPC, Chinese Communist... Chinese... People's Communist Party. Crap, no, I gotta leave. Uh, we're gonna look it up. Um, <laughs> I'm stupid. I mean, I think... You know, I think it does kind of build off the whole, like, Cold War, like, ah, oh, communism's evil, yeah, blah, blah, Which, you know... The Cold War in itself was interesting. Because, uh... Both sides were kind of like, uh, the enemy's brainwashing their citizens is so awful, blah, blah, blah. Which, I mean, both sides were really doing. CPC, the Communist Party of China, not the Chinese Communist Party. The Chinese Communist Party is the one America made up, the CCP, when the CPC, the Communist so Party of China, is the real one. We, we call them the, the fake one because we don't want to acknowledge their... We don't want to do anything with them. We don't want to call them the right name, even. So we don't include the people's part? The Chinese Communist Party? The, the, the people's okay. part is the People's Republic of China. That's what you're thinking of. So what is it actually? It's actually the Communist Party of China. Communist Party of China versus the Chinese Communist Party. Okay, well, same three words. We get it in the wrong order. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I know. Note to our viewers to, you know... Call it the right one. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think the main thing with China that's so interesting is how uh, we act like it's like, ah, uh, you know, they're communist. It's, you know, it's, uh, you know, Mao Zedong's like brainchild when they are incredibly friendly with companies. They have like, like huge privatization. It's like... In terms of like foreign, I could you could make the argument that in terms of how the leeway they get in certain areas, that China is more like pro company, pro corporatization than we are. Like in terms of foreign policy, like you, have you seen the stuff going on in the Congo right now? Yes, in terms of yeah, like the cobalt the mining, yeah, yeah, and so do you know what companies are doing that? I mean, they're definitely. It's just, it's all the superpowers, but it's, it's, it's mainly it Chinese, it's, it's Chinese mining companies because China kind of like give them the green light to go in and do that. Uh, I, I guarantee American companies be over there, but we're like, no, we gotta be, we gotta be, you know, eco-friendly. So well, we're doing it. We're, don't do I, it we're probably doing it through a third party. We, we no, have we, to be, well, we I mean, need that so yes, we're doing that. We're buying it from the Chinese companies. Yeah. So regardless, you know, we're kind of, we kind of have a hand in there. But it is interesting to see how China was kind of given the green light to go ahead and uh, go in there by their government, uh, which I, I, I also think in terms of like propaganda wise that both sides see each other as like, oh, it's this you know, evil country doing these evil things, blah, blah, blah. I really don't think either side is like, you know, they're both, if you look far enough out, they are pretty similar in terms of a lot of their ideologies. China and what? The U.S. Yeah, I mean, depends on what part. Yeah, if, if you if you okay, well, many people in China, and, and Chinese like kind of uh, academics, will tell you there's a, there's a kind of a phrase. It's like 
um, that in the U.S., the laws stay the same, but the party changes, you know? The, the, regardless of Democrats or Republicans, you're, they're still going to pass the, the Willow Project speeding yeah. up climate change. They're still going to be big, pro-big oil. They're still going to support cops. Um, mm-hmm. It's still going to be racist, sexist, sexist and homophobic. Yeah. That's not going to change. The policies will never change, but the party will. In China, the party doesn't change, but the policies change all the time. They, you, they get very flippant over there about, about who does things um, and how they're done. And and it's also that it's it is one party technically yeah but it's actually six like factions of people, and they're all fighting, goddamn all the time. So there it's six factions of six like, I guess sub parties within the, within mm. that main one. I have the names that are all fighting for control. So it's like, when when they vote, are there are there like, other parties allowed in the election, or is it just like you know here is your option? It, it's it's it. it's the. The party doesn't like elect a representative. Yeah, it's that the people vote, and and the people, the, you know, they, they, a person from the party will run a campaign. Yeah, no one has a problem with the party. They they they, they, they don't look at the party to look at the people. Exactly, the party is just the system that that it's just how the government operates. Yeah, in the same way that we have our our party system, just mm-hmm. that you we just change the party. But if you would if you would rather have a good candidate running the party. Instead of just having two bad parties switch out, it would be a it would be a preferable system. Yeah, which I do think like because I we can talk about this. I actually would like to talk about this more. Uh, the best system of running government in terms of like two party, multi party, one party, I don't know, three party, no party. I think no party is pretty good. I think I think we should just have people. I <laughs> to do things. I would have to. I completely agree with that. I think you know. I think Washington warned pretty heavily against, against that is, parties. That is probably in terms <laughs> in terms of like my beliefs, the idea that I will get the most like radicalized on is the idea that I think political parties were made just to divide people. Yeah. And that 100%. the greatest harm to America's democracy has been political parties. I think so as well, but only no, only at face value. Because what what you need to look at is why. Why do people look at a candidate and go, we want lower taxes? Oh. It's because they're not paid enough. It's, it's that, and then also, like, it takes away, and this has been evident in the last couple of elections, where I, if you, I, I'm sure there's polls out there of this, of, like, how many people voted for Biden just because they were like, I not hate, Trump. I hate yes. Trump. How many people voted for Trump because they're like, I don't like Hillary. No, and that's, they made these campaigns to make them. Yeah. Hate the other people. The last, I mean, 2012, you can even argue with that for Obama or Romney. There were people who just didn't like Mitt Romney and were like, I'll vote for Obama. Uh, I think Obama would have won by himself regardless. Uh, the last, I mean, McCain-Obama, I think, was one where there wasn't too much of that. Because uh, both candidates were, pre- like, Obama was this they were solid up-and-coming, candidates. like, great politician. John McCain had been in, had been in uh, politics forever. forever and had done great things, and then ended up coming back and supporting the Obamacare thing when he came in and voted against. Uh, no, yeah, no, because just because he lost to Obama doesn't mean that that Obama was was bad at all. Yeah, of course not. And in the Hillary, Trump, totally true. Yeah, and and then in 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 Biden winning over Trump, it doesn't make Biden good. It's just that it just means that we, he's better than Trump, which I think considering, you know. I guess, you know, how the public thought about him wasn't too surprising that uh, Biden won. 
Yeah, it, it had to be. I mean, And I have a strong feeling that what's going to happen this year is Republicans are going to run like, or 2024, Republicans are probably going to run like Ron DeSantis or something like that. Something ridiculous. There's a whole red wave thing over, uh, over again. They're going to run they that. They ran the worst candidates that time. Biden's, Biden's going to run again. And there's going to be a ton of people who are just going to vote DeSantis because they're like, I don't like Biden. And there's going to be people who are going to vote Biden because they're like, I think Ron DeSantis is, an, is like an idiot. And then no one wants Biden. I mean, not no one, but... There are very people don't want Biden in in people large want groups. a Democrat. They want a Democrat, but they don't. It's want the same way Biden. people people want a Republican, but they don't want DeSantis. Exactly. It's you know these, and the Republican Party in midterms through it should. Oh, that was it, a horrible idea. That was like, this. I I think I I registered as you know no party affiliation. If you had me in charge of like you know I'm like Republican Supreme or whatever, and I'm the one who decides like who they run. Yeah. Herschel Walker would have never even been, like, considered. <laughs> that was, like, the worst move imagined. I mean, great football player. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> great football player. Worst pick for, like... And it should have been... Uh, it should have been, like... It would have been a really free election. Because Georgia's, like, a majority Republican right now. Georgia, yes. But they were, like, we're going to run this incredibly controversial person. And they're, like, oh, great. And then as he's running, he just does more, like, out there stuff that people are, like, okay, this guy's an idiot. I, like, did, I, did, a, I did, a like, a campaign, like, a lettering, like, a lettering campaign to Georgian citizens 2016. Or maybe, no, uh, 20, 2020. Sorry, 2020 during COVID. And um, it was a texting and letter thing, and you get letters back. Sometimes, but it was more that you get, you text people and you get like real time feedback and you yeah. have to like, you, you're confirming and sometimes attempting to kind of persuade and to, to vote for Biden. And the responses I got to some of these texts from like already Trump supporters were like, they, they were hysterical because they, you know, they, they just, they, they can't break down anything. Right? They, they have no ability to, to really understand information and then, and then spit it back at you. But they, they will just essentially just uh, say the same, like, like, dogmatic, the same dogma, you know, the same yeah. rhetoric, the same, the same things that they hear on Tucker Carlson every, every night. And they'll just, they'll say the same phrases, and they have no real new material. And I think that really represents, like, the Republican Party, is that they're just out of shit. Yeah, I, you know, it's... Excuse my language. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, they're out of stuff to run. They have nothing, nothing else, and they're they're not just clinging on to old phrases. Yeah, I think so. I think the conjunction of it is one: them running pretty much unwinnable candidates like Doctor Oz in uh, in Pennsylvania. Um, who was that other woman? Um, she was. It's not Car- Carrie Lake. Yeah, I was thinking Laura Laura Bowart or whatever her name is. Yeah, uh, Carrie Lake in Arizona was pretty much on. Un- you can't run. I don't know why they ran a single person who was an election denier. Uh, that was like a pretty like. It's an unpopular opinion even today, but I just think it was an awful move, overall to be like you know what who here's who we want to be in charge, and like the Republican Party started trying to like kind of you know get Trump out of their, you know, name, which there's certain people. Who's the, uh, Matt Gates? Did you see when they were doing the, uh, what's it called? They were doing the vote to see who would get Speaker of the House. Mm-hmm. And they, they put that thing off, like, ever? Yeah, well, yeah, it took, like, 17 tries to do it. And that, like, at certain points of time, like, you know, Majority Taylor Green or whatever, like, uh, or Matt Gates would, like, stand up and be like, 
my pick is Donald J. Trump. And then, like, there's, like, five people who are like, oh, yeah, awesome. And then the rest are just, like... Like what what's a his bad call. Mitt Romney threatened to like jump uh George uh this no Georgia Santos. Like dur- he's he like walked over to him and is like he's like you're making us look like idiots. He's like <laughs> you gotta knock it off. And then he's like so professional, so professional. And then he like was like and then he like flipped him off or whatever. Uh, but that was like that was like really funny to see Mitt Romney get like you know upset. Uh, but their whole party has to be so upset all the time. What? Their whole party is just like no, because um, they're just so upset. Here's my hear me out. My prediction: the Republican Party is eventually going to split in two. It has to, and it's going to form a essentially a moderate party, which America has never had. And there's and then there's going to be like you know like ah oh, election was rigged blah blah blah. And then and the, it's it's whatever whatever um, whatever party splits and makes a, a moderate party. That moderate party will probably forever be the dominant party. That's what I was about to say. I think the moderate party is going to be overwhelmingly successful. And then you're going to have, like, moderate Democrats jumping over to that, too. Like, yeah. these yeah. are these are brain-dead individuals. These are low, smooth-brained individuals that, that, ha- that are like, both sides are bad. And I just, just want peace. And if people, if there was more compromise in the system... And it's like... Well, I wouldn't say that's like a, you know, smooth brain idea. I think the idea that both sides are bad is, you know... I think you, I think one side is, is advocating for essentially a race state and a religion and a religion-based government. The and, and, and would like to, would like to, um, uh, ethnically cleanse some members of our, of our society. How so? I would... Because that was a very bold claim. I want you to elaborate on okay. that. On so, that uh, I was assuming you're talking about Republicans. I, I must, I'm talking about a certain group of Republicans. Oh, okay. That, that so, so, okay so there's the there it is. I wanted to make sure you weren't like all Republicans are in no, favor of ethnicity. No. Like I like majority Taylor Green. I wouldn't be surprised. No, but uh, it's it's the defending of of the KKK. It's, it's, that it's was the, a really interesting move when she's like at this event and right next to her is like the like Grand Wizard and she's like. He's just my friend, you know. He's just my friend. I'm like, you. Oh my gosh, how do you? Can you look up where she is, like, out of, what like a uh, representative she's from? Because I don't know how. It's got to be like Wyoming or like some like middle of nowhere, you know. Because I, I mean, there's there's so many things that's interesting to look at in terms of like you know funding for the parties. How they have these like things where it's like, for the Republicans like. You gotta donate Georgia. money, Georgia. Georgia, yeah, okay. It's probably like rural Georgia. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Where it's like, oh, we gotta you know raise money for because the wall. We gotta build the wall. We need money for the wall. The wall is a cop out. And then we don't. We don't. It's need for to. funding. They're gonna get funding, and they're not gonna build it anyway. Yeah, uh, the wall suit. You know, if anything, we should be using that money to open up more immigration centers to get more people into the United States because you know we have a, a declining. Birth rate. Our birth rate's going Not bad. just that, but there's no problem. We say that, and then we're like, oh, China's beating us because they have more people, and then we're actively trying to have less people in the U.S. Well, we're, it's, there's one group that's, that doesn't massively care, or, or even, you would even agree to some extent to, on your opinion, with your, with your claim, your take. And then there's another group that's trying to make it so it's... There's more people, just making sure they're all white. I mean, that's... That's how the whole abortion thing started, too, you know? That, that is a bit, yeah, yeah. The, uh, 
the the Republicans of the abortion, and they used to be in favor of it. Now they're so against it because there was a there was a book that came out. Uh, I want to say about forty years ago, um, thirty forty years ago, on essentially that white people have at the time had the highest chance of aborting a, a teen pregnancy or, or a young pregnancy because white people understood that that the economic ruin ensued if you were to if you were to have that child, and while um, Hispanic people and black people and, and people of color would keep the baby, um, white people would not. So you ended up with a with an increasing population of of, of colored people, of people of color, yeah. and then and then a, and, a, and a neutral of that of white people. And if you could just save save the white babies that were being killed, however you like to frame it, the the white fetuses that mm-hmm. were abortioned, yeah. Um, regardless of if it's a, if it's a born child or not, if you could just save those white babies, then. We would not. We would not be. We would be losing to the colored people. Uh, me as yeah, a it's yeah. That's what originally came about. It, it's an interesting thing because I mean, even with you know, because you can't talk about you know using race to like put or using politics to put down other races without mentioning you know things like the ninety four crime bill. Uh, you know, the, the the entire war on drugs as a whole. Don't even start. Was a pretty, <laughs> you know, it was. What was the uh, you you ever read about the Philadelphia street bombing? I no, I didn't. I believe in a certain certain street in Philadelphia, a black neighborhood where they they thought they were keeping gangs or drug drug related issues. They just bombed the whole street. I believe. Like who was they? Like you know the U.S. government. The U.S. government bombed its own. Philadelphia. Well, okay, yeah, we're gonna look that up because I have never heard of the Philadelphia street bombing, uh, but apparently it's a real thing that happened in Philadelphia. Uh, I think, you know, the war on drugs was so interesting. I mean, do you? Here's a question for you. Uh, it's a very heavy, well, I mean, heavily debated. There's a couple people who have like come out and whistleblown about it, but the U.S. government intentionally sending drugs to the inner city in uh, black majority communities with the intent of getting them uh, locked up. The intent of criminalizing yes. drugs heavily. Because that's like that's why fentanyl, like if you look at the, the drug tier list, we have a, you know, A, you know, we're not talking about S tier drugs, but A tier drugs, weed, mm-hmm. cocaine, co- uh, weed, crack, um, and... and um, in terms of criminalizing? In terms of the way that we, the way the, the U.S. government and, and our drug policies reflect the criminalization and dangerousness of these drugs. So weed, mm. cocaine, weed, crack, and... Um, heroin? Heroin. And, um, we know that weed does nothing. We've known forever that weed is... Yeah, I mean, we've... Ever since we started, like... Here's the other interesting thing. In terms of these drugs, uh, like, the number one experimenter of, of drugs is the U.S. government. So if anything, they should have known that weed posed little to no threat to uh the the american public but was still like oh no we got to criminalize it because we don't want we don't want those hippies you know the hippies are the problem right yeah the um you know it was the you know fentanyl right remember that i do know if i do know fentanyl yeah presentation uh the fentanyl is like a b or c tier drug we don't even consider it that bad compared to weed compared to weed which is nothing in fentanyl that kills was that back then no today today we still today and the, I mean, I don't, here's, so... And you get these, like, claims, too, from the government. They're like, like, remember Biden um, got rid of all the, 
all the prisoners in federal prisons that are that are that are they're on drug related crimes on like like low all the federal prisoners were released who were related to to small substance abuse or or dealing crimes. Well, those were also federal prisoners, so it wasn't like that many people. There were zero federal prisoners. Yeah, I was gonna. There say. wasn't any person who was released because there was no one to be released. It's an empty. Because the empty only the only people empty. would have been like you know, oh, the FBI got this guy, it's, and then even then, no FBI agent is gonna be able like, ah, oh, so this guy you know smoking weed, we have to go get him. Uh, it's a state thing, which I think is interesting. How you have states where weed is legal. Yet people are in jail right now for weed-related charges. Uh, I think that's just interesting. I think eventually uh, most drugs are going to be legal. Obviously, stuff that's just straight up like, like heroin, it will probably, will, I can almost certainly say that heroin, heroin will never be legalized. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry to any, you know, heroin users no, listening. No, I think that one's... That one's uh, okay. Weed, I think, will be. Well, like, nationally, I think weed will be. I think there's going to be some states that are going to be like a little bit hesitant on it. But if you're a politician and you say, I will legalize weed, you will win the younger population's vote. That is like almost a guarantee that if you say, you know, I'm running for president, I will legalize weed nationally. Yeah. You will probably win. Uh, and, then, and then it's like, then you make big, a big, about big weed is, you know, the top. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, that's like a huge like running point is, and that's why the Democratic Party has had a lot of success with the younger population because they're very much like progressive and even with drugs, that's that's like a progressive viewpoint because you know you go back twenty thirty years, it's like if you do drug if you do weed one time your life is ruined you will die, yeah. all this stuff and now it's like, you know oh it's you know fine whatever. Uh, here we go. Please, please read about the Philadelphia All right, we're bombing. back to the Philadelphia bombing, uh, which I wasn't sure if it was real. It's definitely real. Here we go. M-O-V-E bombing. Uh, during a standoff with the Black Liberation Move organization. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. What a read. What a read. From a helicopter. So police helicopter dropped two... Uh, they got this, syntaxed. I guess so. Yeah, so this is, <laughs> a, this is a 1985. Uh, they dropped two explosive devices from a police helicopter onto the roof of a house occupied by MOVE, which... And then, okay, the resulting... The result, so, okay, this is one house, okay? Two explosive devices on one house. It ended up destroying sixty-one homes and and home and homelessing two hundred fifty people. Over two city blocks were destroyed. That's more than it's more than a street. That's like two city blocks. Can eleven, they, yeah, eleven killed. Uh, the fire department was with no, you know, it, it says that they they let it get out of it's control. It's technically classified as an airstrike. Yeah, so uh, this is what, this is what we do to our own Americans on our own soil. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, oh. Big surprise here, a lawsuit found that the city used excessive force and violated the uncon and violated the uh, Fourth Amendment unreasonable search and seizure. I would classify bombing a home be like I think that's there, domestic terrorism. I think there might be people in there and they just <laughs> This is insane. Uh, and, oh. and the bombing I don't believe the bombing was what killed a lot of people. 
it's the fires because the the, the oh, fires yeah, were definitely ordered to not touch the fire. No, Let I would get I, out of control, and then well, you would think if they had like any. You know, police somewhat in the air, or firefighters somewhat in the air. They wouldn't let it burn down two, two city, two city and blocks, then, and it only and it only destroys the two city blocks with, uh, that encompass the black neighborhood and don't touch a single white home. Yeah, I, that's that's real coincidental. Uh, and this is this is one of many. This is this this is the one that's just this is most known. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what's really scary about this history. Uh. It's 85. Like, my parents were alive. Yeah, like, did they get money? They got 13. 13 million. 13 million for 250 13, million. yeah. Against the, uh... Oh, 1 million for, for, for and, the, the person that survived? No, no, and here's this. Here's this. The, and this was in 2005. What? They waited 20 years? They waited 20 years for that to come out. Uh... That's why it's so well known, because the lawsuit... We got 1.5 to 1 person, and the relatives of two people killed in it. But they actually only got five hundred thousand in in nineteen ninety six, which is ten years after. Yeah, Ramona Africa is the main uh, platen, like the main person suing. <laughs> Here we go. In November of twenty twenty, the Philadelphia City Council officially apologized. Twenty twenty. <laughs> or wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. Actually, they approved a resolution to formally apologize for it. Approved resolution to apologize. Did they apologize? Oh, well, they approved the resolution for it. Great. And oh wait, <laughs> they established an annual day of observation, reflection, and recommitment on May thirteenth. Uh, so I guess there's like you know. Oh, they made a national holiday. They have a yeah, the city holiday for another misdirect. Just like just like Black History Month, another misdirect for black people to say that they. Here we go. It's won something. <laughs> It, the uh, International Day, <laughs> the city day to remember when the police blew up uh, a African-American community. So, May 13th. Everyone remember May 13th is, you know. It's coming up. It's been promised. <laughs> so, it's not. Yeah, prompt May 13th. The exact day? That's yeah. crazy. Uh, so, yeah. You know, any Philadelphia listeners to the podcast. How this relates yeah. to economics, we're getting to that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got off tangent because we talked about uh, Reagan. Yeah. We gotta stay Let's talk. Okay, back to the free stuff because we have college. like 15 minutes left. College. College. Uh, so, Jack and I are both like going into college very soon, and it's a topical thing in terms of paying for college. Yes. So. My mommy said she can pay for mine. I got lucky and i might have to take some student loan got bailed out yeah i did my plans are to take out a giant student loan i have to take out a small and then wait for the government to eventually repay because in 2024 my theory the democratic party is going to run on the concept that they will forgive all student debt so i take out a lot of student debt and then it is forgiven and i walk free good job (laughs) uh yeah, we don't have video, but Jack just threw a dart at a dartboard and missed and hit the wall. <laughs> uh, let's do, let's do the damage. <laughs> no, that's fine. I like. Yeah, I can tell that I miss I miss this like a decent amount. This is a big miss. Uh, but yeah, so college is a lot of money, and be, in our current, it's a heavily debated topic. Do you have to go to college or not? Uh, no, you, trade school. I, I'm generally I'm generally in the party that agrees with. College is not a, it's, yeah, it's not a necessity for everyone. Uh, 
I think a lot of our culture, and this is kind of like a social media thing, in my opinion, is the idea that you have, not just you have to go to college, but you, like going to a community college is considered like a bad thing. It, 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 I think it's considered much less now than it used to be. No, like, yeah, not a bad thing, but like, oh, you're not, you weren't smart enough to get into a normal college. You're going to community. Now, I think now it's smart to make the financial decision because of how, because of how expensive it is. Yeah. But if the problem, the problem is not whether it's considered good or bad to go to community college. The problem is that it's too expensive to go to, to regular college and that now we've just shifted the narrative to make it so that community college is more appealing. But now you get more people who go to community college do two years for cheap, and then never get the degree. And, you know, one party, I don't want to get to the whole party stuff, but one party want people wants people to be less educated, you know, wants them to just kind of consume, and the other one, the other wants at least some amount of critical thinkers in society. I, I wouldn't say it's less educated, but more of that, they have many leaders within that party who... Who, who are actively who banning va- books. Not just, no, it's more that they value, like the end result one party values like oh i'm this doctor i got my doctorate in you know mathematics and i wrote this paper one that like helps is gonna like advance like the medical field or whatever uh and the other party values someone who is like i started a medical company that is making jobs for people stuff like that uh and a lot of the times the person who starts the company doesn't really need to go to college because company owners are not necessarily part of the practice, right? They're, they're businesses. They're, they're, they're uh, corporate. Yeah. They're not- like, I'm sure Elon Musk doesn't know how to perfectly make a car or anything like that. He cannot uh, send a rocket. But um, he knows he hired people that can, which is, you know. Which, which then creates incentive for people to go to college to be hired by Elon Musk. But, I mean. You think he doesn't actually have a degree? No, he does. A, he has a degree. I just don't think he can build a rocket. No, no. Like there's, there's like stuff coming out, or, or oh, oh, yeah, about, he, about him like, like not actually going to Harvard or whatever. Or it's it it's that he uh yeah didn't go to Harvard or that he yeah. and that he went to Stanford and like left immediately. Yeah, I remember all this. Uh, yeah, I don't think it matters really. It, it doesn't even matter. He has so much money he can. I think buy the only school. the only case that they were making is that. Uh, in like the uh, early two thousands, he got a loan for something, based on the information that he did have a degree and that like it was technically fraud, but that he what they fine him like twenty k. It's nothing to him. Twenty k is not even yeah. Just, twenty million is on the door. You know my 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 viewpoint of college is that unless you're going to a college where, and you're majoring in something where, you going to that college will give you a direct. In, like advantage like entering lawyers. entering the job field like inter- like for economics and political science if you want to be a lawyer or if you want to be uh working like a financial institution i think those are the only two instances in which it's like going to a really good college matters uh, i think all these stuff like if you're doing computer science i think you can get a fine education pretty much anywhere um, yeah then it's just then it's just about the prestigiousness of it. And it's like about the name, like a even if you know even if UCLA has a it's a less less good of program than Berkeley. Yeah, going to UCLA is just as good. Yeah, because you're going to UCLA. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, yeah, it's that. I think it's a lot of uh, people will 
where I'm going with this. Uh, <laughs> people look at like it's stuff like uh like with law with lawyers. Yeah, lawyers. Uh, certain firms, those top firms, only will recruit from top schools. Yeah. Uh, same thing with the finance stuff. If you want to work at a top risk analysis, top investment bank, type like private equity stuff, they only really recruit from a certain list of like top schools. And it's like if you don't go to one of those top schools, then you're not getting. They the only job. recruit from those top schools one because of the connections that they have, but two because they know that that at those schools, they're 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 teaching them specifically for what they're going to do on the job. Yeah. At these big. These big and that's because like. I applied to a lot of top schools, and I did interviews with a lot of people there, and they said that, you know, one of the guys said he uh, was an economics major, or, sorry, was friends with an economics major, and he told a story about how uh, they were watching March Madness stuff, just chilling in their dorm room, watching it. One of their friends left to go to a job fair. Uh, This was an economics student, left to go to a job fair, came back 30 minutes later and says, I have an internship over the summer with Goldman Sachs. Which- That's a joke. That's you ridiculous. You go, like, any non, like, Ivy top 10 school is, like, an impossibility. You would have to work so hard to get that opportunity. Yeah. Whereas at these top schools, it's, like, handed out. And the same thing goes for, like, law internships, stuff like that, where you have a massive advantage and in an industry where the internships you get do matter heavily, like for stuff like engineering, they usually have like problem sets that you have to do, like mm-hmm. internship que- or interview questions that are much more highly valued. Uh, but for stuff like law, they don't really, you already have the bar. They can, they know you know your stuff. And for finance, it doesn't really matter how much you know, because you're going to learn so much more on the job. Uh like, I was seeing this thing, it was from a uh, recruiter from, I want to say, J.P. Morgan. And he was doing the breakdown on, like, what we looked at on first-year hires. What, like, what we decide if we hire them or not. And it was really, really interesting to see that the college they went to was factored in more heavily than the grades they got there. Yeah. Because the, the GPA doesn't even matter anymore. Unless you were, like top top of your class at a specific at a specific law firm or institution that only hires from let's say Harvard and you were top 10 at Harvard then you might be able to no- negotiate for a higher salary you might be able to negotiate for a better position yeah right off the bat but it, it if you're going to any other any other company that's not specifically only hires from Harvard or something like that then then your position in, in class rank in the in the year doesn't matter it's just the fact that you went yeah it's huge you could you could fail every class so as someone who wants to go into the financial and like industry and i've been reading up on this from like people who hire stuff like that because i want to have that information when i go into college because you get an advantage from that right of course uh and they were saying stuff like you know an internship at a top firm is like so much more important than like anything else you can have right you should shrug off almost all of your college responsibilities yeah to just do internships that it's like if you can get an internship over the summer or even like a winter internship that's like a two-week thing you have a massive advantage when entering the hiring field yeah uh 
which like I was my my mindset is if I didn't get into a top school, I would likely go to Saddleback because uh, which is the local community college for us. I think that you know not in a massive way, but that's a slight overreaction. Just just a slight one because I think you can transfer mm, from well, another good college. You can, but yeah. The problem is the cost. If yeah. you can find a cheap school that's not that bad, like slow or as just as you, yeah. Then then you're not horribly set off, and you can still manage. And you're going as an econ major, so you're just coloring, mm-hmm. and yeah, and yeah. Just make uh, little graphs. It'll be yeah. it'll be tough. Well, that's why I wanted like add some mathematics into it, so that it's not because we're not horribly bored. Um, not just that, but also. Uh, so I'm not worried about changing into Kafsa. I you know I can maintain my GPA with an econ major. Yeah, I guarantee it. Uh, but with mathematics, adding that on is it's also nothing that like make you stand out. Yeah. When hiring, it's not just like oh I'm just an econ like the rest of them. It's like oh I do math too. You're like oh math, look at that. <laughs> Isn't that cool? But that's why I think like you know. I, not, I, I think free college is, I'm in favor of increasing the opportunities for it. I'm not sure if like all, because I don't think everyone has to go to college, which I think is the problem. I think that we've all kind of delusioned ourselves into thinking that, well, not everyone has to go to college, that's totally fair, that not everyone, not everyone has something that, that they wouldn't want to go to college for. If college is, is the... Is the center of, of intellectual conversation. Yeah. It's the center of academia. And, you know, if you want to learn, if you want to amass knowledge on anything you want, regardless of how it's going to affect your, the, the amount of profit, the amount of money you can make in, the, in, your, in your future, if it wasn't directly correlated to how well you're going to be able to keep a roof over your head when you're 50, I think people would go into, into college all the time to get a degree in God knows what. Who cares? It doesn't matter. It doesn't affect, it doesn't affect their career. Yeah. I think people would always go to college to learn about the, what they want to know. I would go into... I, I would never be going into comp sci or econ if it, if it weren't specifically going to make me a lot of money. Yeah. I would probably... Actually, I'd probably actually stand econ with uh, heterodox economics, specifically. The, the uh, unorthodox, out of, out of left field, yeah. left field specifically, um, economics is what I'd be going into. Well, so you'd be doing that? I would be doing that. Yeah, like, if it wasn't for the money, I'd probably... Be majoring in like history or something like that. Yeah, that as well. I mean, it's a lot of historical context with the. Uh, which th- that's why I chose economics is. Uh, do you do you like the theory or the math? Math. It's. Okay. I mean, it's a good mix of both. Is why I like it because I think to uh, get a good understanding of economics, you need that understanding of math and history. I like the theory and history more than I like the math. I mean, the math always has to work. Yeah. Um, but I think also that the math is based on the theory, and if the theory is basically made up. Then what are we doing with the math? Because then you're proving something that's not even that's not even realistic. You're just proving something based on based on assuming. Uh, and I don't think you can get real math into the picture until you got the right working theory. Yeah. Um, and for that, you just need more. It needs more. It needs more experimentation. Our system, these like our math, this system works because the math supports the system, which yeah. and the system supports the math. Obviously, it's going to work. It's circular. Um, but I think if you were to start, you know, considering the, the, the numbers you're using are, you know, people, your human lives, um, or the, the, the amount of food that, that something might cost, or the, the amount of cost that, that you can, 
and the amount of money you might bring home to buy food with is going to a, you know, a family of, of four, or a, a single mother who might not be able to afford it for her children, may not have to, may not be able to get her children to work, I mean her children to school and her to work. Um, and just kind of like humane, make the whole like process very, bring it down to your level, yeah. put it in your shoes. Um, I think it just kind of, <clears throat> mm, I don't know, it becomes very hard to yeah. justify. In my opinion. I don't know. I mean, it's all just very weird because you have a lot of abstract concepts going into it. Uh, which is like, I've seen some people like, economics just isn't even real. Like, okay, well, that's, that's the they're like, you know, it's too much theory and stuff. Uh, which I think the, there's a fine line between theory and practicality uh that you know i think certain ideologies are too far theory and certain ideologies are also too far practical where like if they just look at actual things that they're gonna get like and both sides suffer from the same problem if you're looking too far into theory then you're gonna get blindsided by like real things yeah and if you're looking too far into like practical stuff you're not going to be able to account for sudden changes yeah uh, which is why i think like a fluid kind of, you know, economic model is the best one? I think a, an economic model where the people choose is probably <clears throat> the probably the better one instead of the, the few people deciding for the majority, but the majority should decide. Yeah, the more the, the majority. The majority. Yeah. Um, and that's what that's what I always advocated for. Is in favor of the, you know, the majority. Majority, yeah. What if it's like 50-50? 50-50. It's impossible 50-50, because the majority is right now is like, what, the, the 1% on like, what, like 60% of, every, of everyone else? It's yeah. Like 60, like, if, if, if 1% of people control 60% of, of the actual population, you think that 60% is going to ever vote in favor of the 1%? Impossible. They might. I don't know. Impossible they would ever vote for them. All right, we're going to end off the podcast right here. Uh, if you learned anything from this, it's that always vote with the 1%. Bye-bye. <laughs> Corporationism. Yeah.